Well, good morning, everybody. Man, sounds like you're having a great day with fellowshipping with your uh, friends sitting next to you. I hope you've had a great morning already in the Lord's house today. Amen. So give me an amen if you have. Amen. amen. Indeed, what a man! It's been a glorious day in general, hadn't it? Uh, just with the create God's creation all around us. What a beautiful day, indeed it is. We're glad that you're here today. Glad that you've chosen to be a part of uh, worship here at New Hope, whether in person or online. If you would, if you are a guest with us today, uh, you see in your bulletin, if you're online, there's a, a bulletin uh, that you can download online as well. But if you would, welcome, uh, text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. And again, that's at the top of your bulletin there. We would appreciate it. Let us uh, know uh, that you're with us and let us know any way that we can minister to you. As we... Uh, look at some announcements we have this morning. We have a group, a group of folks that are going to be graduating pretty soon. And so on May the 30th, um, we're going to do a graduate recognition uh, Sunday. If you have a graduate or if you're a graduate uh, and would like to participate in that uh, ceremony, please contact me and I'll get some information to you uh, so we can uh, have a great day of recognition there. Also, be reminded, Vacation Bible School will be coming up uh, June the 21st through the 24th, and also this morning, everyone should have received a, uh, a ballot for the election. If you didn't, raise your hand. Uh, i got a couple down here that need one, and if you would, just uh, mark those, and we'll be collecting them at the end of the service on your way out right down here, Madison. All righty, I think that's everybody. Let's begin uh, and go to the Lord in prayer. Your word tells us in Psalm 122, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statutes given to Israel. There are thrones for judgment stand. There are thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. Father in heaven, God, we do pray today, Lord, uh, as we come together in worshiping you, our one and only God, our Savior, our created, the Creator, the one who created us, the one who created everything around us. And Father, we worship you today. We praise you today because you and you alone are worthy of our praise. And so, Father, as we come into our time of worship, Father, make known to us uh, the, the sinfulness in our hearts. Bring us to confession, God, so that we can worship you in spirit and truth, God, that we can come purely before your throne this morning and worship you in a way that you want us to. Father, open our hearts, pour the Holy Spirit into us, God, and let us hear from you today. Whatever that message is, God, let our hearts and lives be changed because we've been with you today. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Welcome again to New Hope, and I pray that you've had a good day, a good week, and uh, certainly is, again, a, a good time to be in the house of the Lord. And especially in the time of our, the life of our world, it's, it's certainly time to, uh, a good time to be in the house of the Lord, just to be encouraged, to know that God wins, right? In the end, God wins. And as we move on into uh, the, the rest of the years, we're coming out of winter and through spring and summer coming about. Memorial Day is coming about in just a, a couple of weeks and people are going to be getting their pools ready and filling them up and getting the chemicals in there and getting ready to, to go in. And you know, the first couple of weeks of summer, the pool water is kind of chilly, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, you know, for the... Only for those that dare get in, you know, those first couple of weeks of summer before it really, really uh, gets warm enough to be kind of comfortable. You know, there's always somebody, usually a kid that's going to jump in and, and get his body temperature regulated and he, he yells out to everybody else, oh, the water's fine, y'all come on in. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. And, uh, but today we're going we're gonna to look at a story from Joshua chapter 3 where... The Israelites are going to say, hey, come on in, there is no water. <laughs> and so we're going to look at that story today. If you want to, go ahead and turn to, to Joshua chapter 3. And as we, we continue in our series 316 this week again in Joshua, this, this series looks, is, is going to look at, at various books of the Bible. And in those books where... Uh, the third chapter in the 16th verse is either the key verse of that chapter or a very unique story within that chapter, within that book. And again, today is the story of Joshua leading the Israelites across uh, the Jordan River into the Promised Land. History tells us that, that Moses uh, led the Israelites out of Egypt, headed for the land that, that God had promised him, that God had promised his people. But now... Moses had since died, and, and Joshua, who was Moses' assistant, he emerges as the new leader. And in his first message to the people, as they're facing the difficulties of getting across the Jordan and, and, and taking over the, the promised land, he challenges them to, in, in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You see, Joshua believed and Joshua knew that God was going to do an amazing work in and through the life of His people. Well, folks, let me tell you, the very same is true today. God wants to do an amazing work and do wondrous works in and through His people today. You see, back then there are 400 years of, of enslavement and captivity and there are 40 years of of wandering aimlessly around in the, in the desert, it was all about to come to an end. And just as the Red Sea had parted for the, for the Israelites to escape Egypt, the Jordan River was going to part ways now. Again, to serve a, as another sign of God's deliverance. So let's join Joshua and the, and the Israelites on their journey as we pick up in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan. 
where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are, who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to, to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not get near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priest, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And so they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Tell them I will begin Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergeshites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord? All of the earth will go into the... Into, I'm sorry. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot into the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and will stand up in a heap. And so when the, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream, upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, where the, while the water's flowing down to the Sea of Areva, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stirred, stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Again, another incredible story. We think of the, the Jordan River. Most of the time, there's not much to the Jordan River. Normally, it's, it's more like a large creek, you might say, until this time of year when this, when this event takes place. It's more like a, a raging river. When the snow melting off of Mount Hermon and the winter rains are, are coming down, it, it causes it to swell to over a mile to maybe two miles wide. So you've got a two-mile-wide river, raging water, a flooding water, raging through that now they're called to cross over. Verse 15 says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. And so crossing over was humanly impossible. We've got to remember, too, that these folks were, they'd been living in the desert for 40 years. They were, they were comfortable in the desert. They were comfortable in and could survive the, the desert. They were 
fine with and could deal with the, the sand and the scorpions and the snakes, but they didn't like the water too much. I mean, think about it. Their parents and grandparents had, had, had told them stories of the great flood that had happened, and so all of these stories were still fresh on their minds. And of course, there were no bridges at the time. So how in the world could they, could they cross with women and children and, and supplies and luggage? Well, that's just it. They couldn't. Again, it was, it was impossible. And so when, when, when Joshua mentions that, hey, we're going to go cross the, the Jordan River, you can imagine eyebrows popped up and heads turned. Are you sure about that? <laughs> but you see, they had to trust God. They had to trust God and they had to trust Joshua's leadership and Joshua's relationship with God before they would even consider it. But God had a plan. God had a plan and and in His power He performed and He he played out that plan. We see in in this chapter in verses 1 through 4 where where Joshua warns the people to, to follow the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. He said, but don't follow too closely. Don't get close to it. Follow behind it. Some versions say 2,000 cubits or 1,000 yards or better yet, about a little over half a mile behind the Ark of the Covenant. So don't get close to it, but stay far enough behind it. So the Ark of the Covenant, it represented the manifest presence of God. Wherever that was, God was. It was made of acacia wood. It was overlaid inside and out of, of gold. It had a gold uh, molding around it. It had two golden cherubims on top of it. Inside it contained the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the Aaron's rod, and, and a jar of manna. And to carry it, there were, there were four hooks, two on each side. Again, they were, they were gold rings as well. Through those rings, those gold rings, were two acacia poles that were, again, wrapped in, in solid gold. They were permanently attached so that the priests that were carrying it, so they wouldn't touch it. Again, it was reverent. It was God's presence here on earth. And then finally, over the top of it, as they carried it, there was a, a blue uh, cloth or a blue shim over the a screening cloth over the top of it, indicating that it was of heavenly uh, existence or it contained heavenly contents. That that indeed was the very presence of God. And so they held it with honor. They respected it. They were revered. They were in awe of it because, again, it represented the very presence of God. And so we see in this chapter, chapter 3, that the priest who... We're, we're, we're to carry the Ark of the Covenant out in front of the people. And they were to go. When they got to the river, it said to step in the river. It says in verse 15, it says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Do amazing things among you. And so Joshua challenges them to to recognize that tomorrow was determined by their decisions today. Their tomorrows were determined by the decisions 
they may today. And so what he tells them is to sanctify themselves, to dedicate themselves, to set them apart, uh, themselves apart for God, for God's work, to dedicate their life and their time and their being to the Lord Jesus Christ or to God at the time. The same is true for us today. God calls us to, uh, to separate ourselves, to sanctify ourselves because our tomorrows, our tomorrows are determined by the decisions that we make today. The things that happen in your life a year from now will depend on decisions that you make throughout this year that will guide you to the point next year. When we come to a crossroad in our life where that decision has to be made like the Israelites here. They had to, they had to decide, am I going to follow uh, Joshua's leadership of God? Are we going to follow God or are we going to turn around and go back and try to do this on our own? Henry Blackaby calls that a crisis of belief. A crisis of belief. And it's that point we have to, we have to decide whether we're, going to, whether we're going to choose God or choose ourselves. We're going to choose God's way or our way. Are we going to trust God or not? And we have a decision to make right then. Today we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to dedicate ourselves to the life of Jesus and His teachings and His will for us. And then God reassured Joshua that, that He would be with him. It says in verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. You see, Joshua was Moses' assistant. He was his right-hand man. And so he, he knew the relationship Moses had with God. He knew. He had seen God work in and through Moses' life. And, and he says, God tells Joshua now, Just as I was with Moses... I'm going with you. Just as I was with Moses leading the Egyptians out of Egypt, or, or the Israelites out of Egypt, I'm going to be with you now to carry you into the promised land. Isn't that a vote of confidence to know that he's going to be with me just like he was Moses? Folks, God is going to be with you through the trials of life, through the, through the difficulties of life. And God gave the Israelites here confidence in Joshua to accomplish the task that was before them so that they would follow His leadership because He was now their new leader. You know, oftentimes, even today in businesses and in different settings, in schools, wherever it might be, when you have a change of leadership, there's always question in it. Oh, can I trust this guy? How's this person going to manage? How are they going to lead this kind of thing, one thing and another? You had to think that... that Questions of the Israelites, that was coming up in their minds. And so God tells Joshua, He says, right now I'm going to begin to, to let them know. I'm going to be lifting you up to them to let them know that you are going to lead them through, that I'm going to lead you as you lead them. You see, like the Israelites, they put faith in, in their leader and they stepped out and and took that step of faith. When their crisis of belief came, they followed the leading of the Lord. 
And like the Israelites, we've got to be willing to step out in faith too. It says in verse 11 and 13, it says, verse 11 says, See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. In other words, God will go before you and, and prepare the way. He's going to get it ready. He's going to be ready for you to come. And God goes before us too. God already knows what's going to happen in our life tomorrow. Are we consecrating ourselves to be ready for tomorrow? To follow the Lord? When that crisis of belief comes, we're going to trust in ourselves or, or trust in God. He goes on in verse 13, he says, As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, the waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. When I read that, stand up in a heap. How many of you have, have been at the beach and... and Got on a float to ride the waves or done some body surfing before? Surely. <laughs> Y'all tell me the truth now. You know, you, you, you wait on, you go out as far as you can. And, and This was all, I guess, before the Jaws movie. <laughs> but, but you went out far, you know, as far as you could. You could still stand up on your tiptoes a little bit. And you waited on that wave to come, you know. And it got bigger. You waited on the biggest wave to come. And you waited just for the right time. And it, and it kind of cupped over. And you knew right then it was time to jump in. Well, think about that huge wave kind of cupped up right there and stops. That's what he's talking about, being, talking about it standing up in a heap. It just it quit flowing. It quit crashed. The, 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 the wave never crashed over. It stood up in a heap. Think about that. There's a, there's a great picture, I think, on the front of your, your bulletin that kind of illustrates that. But verse 14 says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Again, the Ark of the Covenant symbolized the, the, the presence of God. And so to put the Ark first was to put God first. And when we put God first in our lives, on the, on the front lines of our life, our human battles are won, folks. In the end, God wins. Amen. We have victory in Jesus. He promises victory over our enemies. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And He leads us to the promised land. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And in verse, verse 15 it says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all, stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And I love verse 17. It says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, listen to this, and stood on dry ground. <laughs> Man, it don't get any better than that. While Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on what? On dry ground. 
on dry ground. We're not talking about a, a hundred people or a thousand people or a few thousand people. We're talking about the whole nation of Israel. Two to three million people crossing through up to a mile wide stretch of a riverbed on what? On dry ground. That had just been parted. They were walking through on what? On dry ground. Amen. That's the God we serve. We serve a mighty God. Amen. How great is our God. And, and verse 15 gives us a, a, a neat detail. Or really a, a, an obscure detail I guess. But it says their feet touched the water's edge. Big deal. They're going across the, the river. But remember, they were, they were facing a, a raging river and it was with the real possibility of being swept away that they stepped in. This was, this was a powerful example of their faith. And isn't that what faith is all about when we, when we step out in faith, when we're, when we're willing to get our feet wet? Verse 16, it says, Their feet touched the water and it parted. The mighty flow of flooding water stopped. It, it shut off. And look, again, they didn't cross. Think about this now. Think about it again, going back to the beach and the water comes up on shore and rushes back out. It's still the soggy sand, isn't it? Right here, they don't cross over this riverbed in the shallow water, does it? They don't walk across this riverbed in a muddy riverbed, do they? It says they crossed over on what? Dry land. Amen. I can hear them now. Come on in. There is no water. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 17, he says, The priest who, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the, again, the, the presence of God, Stopped in the middle of the Jordan. Stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on what? Dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Amen. There it is on, on, on dry ground. God didn't only hold back the waters, but He provided dry ground on which to travel. Think about through you know, the, the, the animals and the, uh, the, the wagons that they may have been pulling, everything. It was dry ground. You see, God met their every need, even to the smallest of details. He does the same for us, folks. Praise God. Perhaps faith means being willing to get our feet wet first. means stepping out in faith. You know, God often requires us to take, take that step of faith before He moves. He wants to see if we're going to be obedient. And taking that first step isn't always easy, is it? There's always that, that risk that we have when we venture out into uncharted waters. Did the, did the Israelites believe that, that God would provide what, what was needed to complete their journey? Absolutely, or, or, or they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have even stepped foot into Jordan. They believed it all the way across, not in the middle of it. Did they begin to question it? They made it 
to the other side. Again, I, I love this illustration. I use it quite often. There are some that, that, that have not heard it. But there's a story about Caroline when she was a little girl and we were at the beach and, and we were trying, I was trying to get her to jump off the side of the pool. And I was, you know, I was close to the side and she would jump and I'd sit kind of like the boy right there. You know, they would set her back up and I'd move back and she'd jump and, and I'd set her back up on the thing. And, and finally I got, you know, she had to really leap out there and I put my hands in the water. I said, come on, honey, jump, I'll catch you. He's like, no, daddy, uh-uh. And I was like, come on, I'll catch you. Come on, I'll catch you. And she jumped. And when she jumped, I caught her. And she didn't go in the water. And that's what faith is. You see, Caroline believed that, that I was going to take care of her, that I was going to catch her if she took that step of faith. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to take that step of faith and jump out to Him knowing that He's going to catch us, knowing that, that He is going to, to carry us through. Someone once said, it's, for it's in reaching out to God after He reaches for us that it becomes possible for Almighty God to take hold of us. Let me read that again. For it's in reaching out to God after He reaches for us that it becomes possible for Almighty God to take hold of us. Amen. Again, as believers, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we can trust that, that God is already there. And, and because of that and knowing that, it gives us the courage to, fa to, to, to face the challenges of this day and and in the challenges of the days ahead. It means overcoming our, our doubts and fears. It means trusting in, in the same God that brought us this far will continue to carry us on to the other shore. Amen? And like the Israelites, it means us being willing to get our feet wet. Remember the priest that said they, they were willing to, to step in the water? They were willing to get their feet wet? And they took that step and they stepped in and the water was gone. With God, it's a journey. When we follow God as our Lord and Savior, every day is a journey, a different, and every day is different for sure. Your journey with God usually is without a map to a destination unknown. But in the raging waters and, and, the, and the storms of life, we don't need a map. Amen? We need an anchor. We need to know the one who, who controls the storms, the one who can hold us together in the midst of those storms. Now let me leave you with a couple of questions this afternoon. Is our faith strong enough to trust God in the raging waters of life? And is our faith strong enough to step in the waters of the unknown with God? When He calls us to do something, are we willing to get our feet wet? Do we worship a God that has gone before us or, do we, or are we worshiping a God and we ask that God to bless the decisions that we've already made? 
Are we going in faith? Or are we going in reaction? You see, we need to let God lead us across the dangerous barriers of life. And if God is allowed to go first, great blessings are sure to follow. Just as we see in this story of Joshua and the Israelites. You see, He doesn't want anyone to perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He provided for His children. He provided for His people. And He'll provide for you too. He'll give you eternal life. You will never perish if you know Jesus, if you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Believing that that He was the one true God, the, the, the Son of the living God. He lived a perfect and sinless life that that He was crucified on the cross and all of His blood was shed for the forgiveness of of mine and your sin. We can be forgiven. That separation from God can be restored when we believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that God raised Him from the dead and with that we have the hope of eternal life. God's Word said if you believe that you shall be saved. Is your hope, faith, trust in the Lord Jesus today? If not, I pray that right now, today will be the day of your salvation. Maybe you've already made that decision. Maybe we're not trusting God the way we need to. During our hymn of invitation, I need thee every hour. Maybe that's your prayer for this morning. God, I have leaned away from you. Pull me back. Hold me, God. And let me be used by you. Because God, I do need you every hour. Let's pray together. Almighty God, what a powerful story of Joshua and the Israelites. What an incredible miracle that you worked in their lives. Your, your, your amazing work and works of wonders that you did in and through that. God, we know today that you still want to do miraculous things and amazing things through us, through us individually, through this church, through the church. And God, today, wherever we need you, whatever we're falling short in, God, we pray today, God, that you would draw us close, that you would hold us tight, that you would lead God and direct us, Lord, that you would help us in our unbelief. God, that you would forgive our sins, that you would indeed be our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, God. Thank you for your Son, the salvation that comes through Him. God, today we bless your name. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.